morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in your day, thank you for spending this time with me. Welcome to Detour Insights, where together we'll embark on a journey of self-discovery and growth. I'm your host, Angie Childers. Let's get going. Animals do speak, but only to those who listen. Hello, beautiful people. So today, um, you know, my quote started out obviously talking about animals. So as you guessed it, um, we're going to talk about a very special animal today. And um, I actually, last week I mentioned that my son and his wife were going to be in town and I am very excited to say they are here. We are having a great visit And also I had been mentioning about wanting to have guest speakers on my podcast about once a month throughout this year. My theme for this is that I believe every single person has a story to tell and a story worth hearing. So I kind of put her on the spot, but she loves me because I'm a wonderful mother-in-law. And so she has agreed to be my first guest. um, And that is my daughter-in-law, Jessica Childers. Jessica, how are you doing? And tell us just a little bit about what you are planning to talk about today. Good morning. Um, I'm pretty good, a little nervous, but I do it because I love you. And um, I wanted to talk to you about Oliver, a very sweet and wonderful dog we had, um, which you know. <laughs> he was a great dog, um, even though he didn't get a whole ton of bonding time, but he was a wonderful dog. And how he kind of changed me and changed my outlook on a lot of different things. Yes, Ollie was a very special boy that I was very blessed to get to know, um, and I fell in love with him completely, and we became very good friends, <laughs> so um, we got to spend some one-on-one time together when I stayed at y'all's place um, to dog sit, and he is a very special boy, so um, I'm just going to kind of let you uh, take the reins just a little bit here and just tell us more about Ollie, what kind of dog he was, and kind of how he changed your life. Yeah, so to give you a little backstory, uh, you already know, but um, Oliver, we've had a very good bond from since he was 12 weeks old. Two of my very close family members got him when he was just a baby, and he was rascal then and a rascal as he got older, but um, I lived with him for a short period of time of his life, but when he got older, around seven years old, um, and he uh, changed a lot throughout the years. He was still such a good dog, but like a lot of people, they adopt this cute, adorable puppy, and they're so excited about it and um, don't really think about them. As it, the dog gets older and the repercussions that <laughs> well, not repercussions, but the happiness, but also uh, the challenges dogs bring into their lives. And um, he became very big. I mean, he was a shepherd mix, and so he became a very large dog. And he was never trained properly, but he was a very loving dog. He was so excited, so he'd jump all over you. <laughs> and uh, he was an escape artist, so he would break every cage or every door he was put in uh, or behind because he wanted to just be run around and be free. But um, like a lot of people do, they didn't really give him the proper training. Um, They loved him, but unfortunately, over the years went on, um, his living conditions worsened and his physical conditions worsened because some people, they train dogs and 
they get treated really well. And then other people think physical um, repercussions were a good way to train dogs. And then they'll, they'll listen, but they'll be terrified of you and they'll, that will bring on other problems. But despite him being um, abused or neglected, he was still such a loving dog and um, became too much for the people who had him. And so over the years had gone, I had seen this over and over and I'd go visit and see how he was and see the other animals that were living in the house. And it just became something very heavy on my heart because even though I love the people who had him very much, um, I did not agree with how he was being treated and the other animals being treated. So there were a lot of arguments and a lot of back and forth and nothing rubber changed. And I was like, it's not my problem. Like, I, I can't bring on another dog. We already had one that we just got, like, not even a year before. Um, but with him, I could see rapid change in weight, rapid change in behavior. And um, unfortunately, as the months and months went on, as I saw these actual changes with my own eyes, I could see a big difference in him. He was... Um, left alone a lot with other animals just living in his own filth living in terrible conditions and i am not a very confrontational person i don't like confrontation at all <laughs> <laughs> i get very awkward and um very uncomfortable i don't like to share my feelings so um even thinking about maybe taking him again like that was not nothing on my radar i did not want to do that but um, something in my, my soul and my body was just like, I can't just sit by and watch him just wither away and keep being treated the way he was. Cause he was such a good dog. And even my husband, like he's known him for years, uh, for a long time. And he loved him just as much as I did. He was actually the, one of the few dogs Kirkland bonded with <laughs> and really loved him cause he was such a good dog. But, um, so with these two family members, I had told them, I was like, I don't, I don't think he's living in a very good condition. I think he's worsening health wise. And they just didn't see it. They were blind to it. They thought it was fine. Like circumstances were going to change eventually, but years were being told that way that things would change and they never did. And I know it's so easy to just turn a blind eye and be like, well, what can I do? And usually most of us, there's not a lot of things we can do. Unless you're willing to kind of cross over that uncomfortable barrier and um, step over that line that a lot of people don't like to cross. Some things you can't come back from and some things you can. So um, I just got to a point and I was like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. There, there were tons of things that I just wasn't willing to cross that line over. And for some reason, Oliver was just that thing. I, he was the one I was willing to cross that line for. And, um, and the line you're talking about, you know, family, I know you well enough to know how very important your family is to you. And you didn't want to upset the family, but at the same time, your heart was really, really tugging that Oliver needed you. Yeah, yeah definitely. And that's why I'm very adamant about family and just, um, not wanting to lose those connections because you know I don't have a lot of family <laughs> but um so I'm willing I want to hold on to it as much as I can don't want to create those problems even though despite drama it's like you never know what can happen so why not take a chance on Oliver and it wasn't like Oliver was anything special I didn't do it and in, in spite of um 
he was this unique dog or anything like that, or my, they loved him more. So I wanted to take him or anything like that. But I saw physical changes in his weight. He lost 20 pounds in a year. Um, and he wasn't, um, he was dehydrated all the time, just pooping inside. It was, it was terrible. And so even in his behavioral, you could want to pet him on his head and he would flinch or, um, move his head away because he was scared that he was going to get hit. And that's where I, um, I broke down and I had several conversations with uh, both of these people that had him. And I was trying to make them understand. I was like, I love you, even though I need to do this. He needs to be taken away. Um, I'll completely take care of him. You don't have to do anything at all. You can still see him, um, but it'll be under special circumstances. Um, and they just didn't understand. They didn't see why or understand why I was taking him or mm -hmm. um my perspective of the whole situation. Right. Um, yeah. Family, family dynamics can be very complicated and, you know, something that's kind of striking me while you're talking is something that I, I talk a lot with my clients about. And that is, you know, when we are going into um, difficult conversations with whether it's family members or friends or even coworkers, um, that we have to recognize what is in our control. And I think, it, you know, you started to come to that place, it sounds like, where, you know, you didn't want to, as you, you know, and a lot of people do term it this way, is I don't want to create the drama. But, you know, I try to remind people there's already the drama there. And when we don't confront it, you know, you're when you're confronting something that's already going on that you are recognizing it, you're no you're not the one creating the drama. The drama's there. You're confronting an issue that needs to be confronted. And your responsibility is how you confront it. Are you coming to this, you know, from a good place, looking for a solution, from a place of love and concern and care? Um, and are you being respectful in this conversation? And then that's where your responsibility stops. And then they have to pick up their responsibility in how they respond to it. And, you know, and it does sound like, you know, I was talking to a coworker at work about this just a couple of weeks ago about how different we treat animals now that we know what we know, especially working in the field of vet veterinary medicine, compared to how maybe our parents took care of our animals. You know, I grew up with my dog was outdoors on a chain. I would never have that right now. Um, we did not have a fenced yard. My parents wouldn't allow animals in the house. So that was our solution. We got to have a dog, but it had to be on a chain. And I spent every single day out there with her. She wasn't just kept on a chain and never, you know, messed with. But still, I that's not something I would do now. And But when you grow up and that's all you know, sometimes you just can't see, like you were saying, it was like the family just couldn't see what Ollie needed and what was going on with Ollie. And you, from an outward perspective, um, were able to see that and step in. So you were able to um, get Ollie. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember the day you got him um, and you called me and um, and we talked some on the phone. And so now you've got Ollie. So tell me, you know, how how that started to to play out in your life, um, having him now and, and what you guys were you know able to do for him. Um, so, yeah, just start there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was a very long process. I felt like it was took a year, but it was. <laughs> It was only a few months and it took a lot of back and forth. I actually was going to get him a bit sooner, but my husband and I did a lot of talking and we're like, we have one dog. 
We can't handle another dog. And he's a big dog. He's even bigger than one we had. Um, and you guys lived in a small apartment. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was going to be an adjustment there. Yeah. And we didn't have land or anything like that. It was just like a little townhouse. Very small. Um, but he understood my heart. And so I I talked to the people and I was like, I'm taking him. Tried to explain as much as I could. But um, the day came. It was, they kept trying to push it off. Like, we don't need to do it. So I finally got him. I went to the house by myself because they, they were busy. They didn't want to be there. And so he he and another dog were inside the house. I walked in. I was just like, even though I grew up in a, a similar home situation, it was um, very heartbreaking to walk in and see it and um, see the conditions they really were living in. Because it's like you walk in with families there. You have a blind eye to some things. You still see it. But um, when you go in there by yourself, your eyes are completely wide open. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is truly what how they're living. And so I was like, I'm just taking him. And um, he, I, he they had no water. He was just all over the place. And I was just bawling. I was, I was bawling the whole time because I just couldn't believe. Even though I knew it, I was like, in my heart, I was like, I need to take him. Um and this is just something I have to do. But I got him and I, I was like, I got to take him to the vet as soon as possible. So we had an appointment the next day. So I drove him home. I called your son, my husband. <laughs> and I was like, I need you to meet us because we have to get this and that for him. We need medicine because he had worms. I knew it. I knew he had worms. I knew he was dehydrated. He couldn't even eat a tree out of my hand even though every dog wants food he couldn't eat it because he was so dehydrated and that's what just like shocked me um which he loved food (laughs) he loved food but um we took him home we bathed him he had he was covered in fleas covered in poop he was so skinny and we finally cleaned him up and we took him to the vet the next day and i'm like yeah he has heartworms but they couldn't even really examine him because he was so aggressive he was the sweetest, lovingest dog, except strangers. Um, anytime they wanted to get near him, he was like gonna <laughs> attack him. But um, he was such a good dog. Like we we knew we muzzled him, we made sure everyone was safe. They knew his situation, so they were prepared. Um, but he had he had hookworms, every kind of worm you could think of. The first time he went to the bathroom in our yard, it was like, I thought it was rice. <laughs> I was like, is this rice or is it <laughs> worms? And uh, you helped me remember that they're worms. It was like a pile of them. But he came in and our other dog, we did a slow transition. So there was no issues with them. Absolutely love each other. And um, yeah, he it took him a long time to adjust to the situation. Um, we had to uh, pretty basically change our whole life around him because with our other dog, Scrappy, he was this sweet little thing. He was terrified of everything. It was a completely different situation when we got him, but, um, Oliver was just this, um, brazen. He was bold. He was like, I'm going to take charge. I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, kind of dog. And he absolutely loved us. Never a day went by where he was not um, aggressive or even showed any kind of, um, hatred towards me and Kirkland, which I thought I was like, I was ready. I was like, we need to be careful, make sure 
just in case with any dog. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a chihuahua or any kind of dog. Mm-hmm. I think we just got to protect our other dog and protect ourselves in case he does it. And it does matter if it's chihuahuas. They are terrible. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They'll get you. <laughs> So, yeah. So, and, you know, I met Ollie and, you know, the first time I met Ollie, I know you remember that day, you're grinning, so you know what I'm going to say. Um, and I could tell he was a very sweet boy, but he was very on guard. Um, we were out in the yard and he was constantly watching around him. You could tell he was very on guard. Um, and I sat down with him and he seemed to be doing really well. And then I went to take a selfie, which he did not appreciate. And as I snapped the picture was him coming at my face. <laughs> so we have like, yes, that. yes. So, but we we both moved very quickly. You still had him on leash. Um, and like I said, over once he got to know me, it's like you said, he had an issue with strangers. He had an issue with trust, mm-hmm. um, and being able to trust other people and, and, being in the field that I'm in, I've been able to work with other animals. I've also fostered animals who had those issues. So I realized at that point that uh, Ollie needed time and he needed um, me to be patient with him. And, you know, before you guys ended up moving, he and I were, I, I have another selfie with him to prove that he finally trusted me enough to let me take selfies um, and that we were really, really close. So um, talk to us a little bit about, um, what he taught you guys, like kind of the experience you went through and what you were able to learn from him. Well, he, he honestly taught me a lot as I think about it and, um, process everything because, you know, unfortunately we had him for two years and he ended up passing away of cancer, Mm -hmm. which was very difficult. But with the two years we had, and, um, I felt like a year, like I was like, we didn't have him very long. Um, but he taught us a lot because with trust and with um even with trying to trust people it's hard you know like one person or a couple people or the parents you love siblings people that are closest to us seem like they hurt us the most and that's what's always hardest to come back from even though you know like that their blood you we love them unconditionally we'll always be there for each other but for some reason they're the ones that can do the most damage and um and you say for some reason, but I, I like to, so this is going to be the life coach in me coming out. Um, so we know, we know why it hurts the most from the people that we love the most, because the greater the love, the greater the pain. And, you know, if we didn't care about, if someone hurt us and it didn't, or someone attempted to hurt us um, emotionally and we felt nothing, it's because we don't care. So the harder we care, the harder it hurts. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very good point. Um, and that's what, uh, one thing he, I learned a lot because I was, I thought I was a very forgiving person. I would go through stages in life. I'd be like, all right, this person did this. I'm going to move on. I'm going to love them still despite of it. But I don't know if I fully forgave them. Like with Oliver, um, it was a challenging process. We had to be very understanding. We had to be very protective of him, even though he was on guard. It was like with our other dog, he was very merry, meek, and mild. We had to make sure um, we protected him in different ways than with Oliver. Basically, had to protect him from himself, even though he he was a dog. He didn't understand. He wasn't around a lot of people, so he didn't understand our whole lifestyle because we took him everywhere. <laughs> My <laughs> Kirkland will tell you he doesn't want him to go everywhere <laughs> I took him everywhere um but he showed me a lot because 
I was terrified of him seeing them again. And about, I think a year later, um, he saw them again. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I don't know how he's going to be. Is he going to be aggressive? No, he, they went up to him. He was a little on guard with one of them, but he, he loved them. He wagged his tail. He laid on the ground. And that alone, like that was a big wake up call for me. Cause all these stress, all this, all this worry of what he was going to do. Like, he was just like, if you're going to love on me, like, the past is the past, but he was still on guard. I could see it, but he was accepting the, of the love and kind of um, has moved. He changed so much. And he, I, I believe like not just physically, but I think he changed his behavior in a lot of ways. We still had to deal with aggression, but um, he was open. Like he was able to be pet slowly with certain people. He warmed up to you so quickly, but I mean, you're, I'm wonderful. You're so wonderful. we can't, you know, <laughs> That's that's the given. You're unique. <laughs> he liked your backyard, okay? <laughs> I think it's interesting that you talked about how I like the fact that, that, you know, we touched on the fact that he was still on guard. He was open, loving, seemed forgiving, but still somewhat on guard because I actually just was reminding someone the other day um, when we were talking about forgiveness, and I was like, you know, I hate the term. I always have um, hated the term forgive and forget. I do not think we should ever forget the lessons that people teach us. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of those lessons are learned through pain. And I think it's absolutely important to forgive. And I think forgiveness is so much more about the person forgiving even than it is for the person being forgiven. Um, but we should never, ever forget the lessons. And it sounds like, you know, that is even something Ollie knew, um, in wanting to be forgiven, wanting to, to be loved and love in return. Um, but n also hanging on to, I'm still watching you cause you know, <laughs> I'm not going to forget the lesson I've learned. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, another thing with Oliver, um, despite the neglect, despite the abuse, like despite being removed from his home of seven years and being taken to a whole nother state, whole another house, whole another dog. Um, people thankfully that he knew for his whole life, but um all that pain he endured then and then unfortunately he had uh he got sick and then um then he got sick again, two different things that he struggled with after we got him. But despite that he was the happiest dog. Like he would run around and roll over and he was so happy to be outside, happy to be inside. Um, I mean, we had to get him fixed because he was a lover. <laughs> he was not a fighter. He was a lover. But um, we and that changed him a lot. But he was happy even despite when he had his esophagus, um, he had a large esophagus. So he had to be sat up and couldn't eat like a normal dog, even though he wanted to do everything our other dog did. It was like having to cradle a baby <laughs> to feed him. But despite that, he was still so excited. Even though we took him to the beach the day before to put him down, we have um, so many great videos and pictures of us playing with him. He would ju jump around and play and run. Like, it was no, no other day. Like, um, he's not throwing up every two minutes. Like, even in the videos, he's throwing up. But... um. He was still such a happy dog. And that's one thing I've struggled through. I always thought I was a positive person. But um, he was a big reminder of, like, all this stuff happened, all these horrible, horrible reasons to be a horrible person or horrible, horrible dog. Because we've all seen the dogs who just don't come back. 
from it. They're just, they've been abused, neglected. It's like, nope, we're, we're done with people. We're done with dogs. Like, no coming back from it. But he came back from it. And he, even though, yeah, he still had issues, but he came back from it. He was never aggressive with us. No stress at all. He played with our other dog. Like, it was nothing. And, um, but he was so happy. Like, we had, he had so much joy in himself. He just, I don't even know how to describe it. When I think about it, that's one of the, my biggest things that he, he was so, so excited. And I think he, I was in the end meant to take him, I feel like, um, which that might sound cliche or might sound <laughs> snooty. But um, just saying that I think he was meant for us because I, I think it changed us both. I mean, we had to learn patience and forgiveness. We were so protective of him. Like, I didn't even want them to see him for a long time or ever. I was like, no, you're not going to see him. <laughs> But um, that was a fluke accident that that happened and um, them seeing him. And I honestly, in that moment, I realized I was like, he's so loving, but he didn't forget exactly like you said. And that's where it's like, I don't think we usually learn, but it's because we don't actually forgive. We don't follow the steps to actually follow through and love and forgive, but not forget like that person still caused you harm, but you don't have to remind them every day. You don't need to bring it up as jabs like oh you did this to me so I can do whatever I want to you or anything like that it's like you have to love them at a distance and change the way you love them and change the way sometimes you see them so you don't you have to protect yourself without just completely cutting yourself off from them right so you have healthy boundaries and I think that you guys you know as a dog it's kind of hard to set boundaries so <laughs> but I think you know you guys being his parents then were able to set healthy boundaries for him and allow him a safe space to then be in that place of being loved by them and loved by you guys and learning to trust and you know uh, I always say you know especially working in the field that I've worked in for six years now I think um, in the emergency veterinary medicine is I've seen so many dogs come in that have been in bad situations and, you know, they, they do all have something to teach us. And I always say, you know, animals have so, we think that we're going to teach them something. We go get a dog. We're going to teach them this trick. We're going to teach them to sit. We're going to teach them this. We're going to teach them that dogs or animals in general have so much more to teach us than I think we ever teach them. And, um, like you said, you guys, um, did end up losing Ollie um, to his illness. And um, I know that was a very difficult thing. And I think that, you know, I know in my own personal experiences, every animal I've lost, um, every animal I've had and lost has taught me something and is something that stays with me. Like, I, I don't think any of them ever really leave us completely. Yeah, definitely. And that's what is amazing with me because, I mean, it's only been, what, eight months now that he... <laughs> He passed away, and um, I was just completely devastated. I'm like, we did all this. We we moved him across the country. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I uh, moved to California from <laughs> North Carolina, and um, we moved him across the whole country. We're like, we did this, we did that, only to lose him to something we cannot control, and that was a big thing. Of I had to learn too. I mean, I think he taught me a lot, and. Um, it was like, I can't control the situation. I could control what I could control with removing him from the situation and taking care of him as long as I could. And then um, where cancer kind of took over, I was like, it's it's time. Like, he's he's seen the world. <laughs> <laughs> he's seen all the states. Um, and he's seen the beach. Like, there's so many things that he saw that 
thankfully, uh, we were able to show him. But, I mean, there were dogs definitely teach us more than we actually think or even see because even after he passed I was thinking like he was such a challenge like he was so much work to with his aggression and with um his a sickness it was just it was a lot I wasn't ready to handle yet but um despite it all he was I would never do it I would, I would never take it back because he taught me so much Right. And, you know, Ollie was such a special dog and I'm so glad that I did get the opportunity to, um, to get to know him. And I'm glad that he had the opportunity to get to know true love. So what do you want the ones that are listening today to take away from your story? Well, even though Ollie was such a small part of my life, he did a lot in just a couple years. Um, that whole situation changed me. I thought, Having that conversation with my family and um, starting that confrontation was literally going to be the worst thing in my whole life. <laughs> I thought it was going to end the world. I thought it was going to end our family. And I was being thinking of every worst possible situation that could happen from it. But it didn't. I mean, we're still a family. I still talk to them. We have semi-good relationships. Um, but it showed me that even the best things in life um, can come from the most uncomfortable situations. The and um, letting the smallest things, even a dog, uh, change your perspective or change your uh, life. I absolutely love that. And um, I am so grateful to you for taking the time today to share your story. And um, I am absolutely looking forward to the next few days. We have a lot of exciting things going on in our family um, that we'll be doing over the next few days and just spending some quality time together. So again, thank you, Jessica for being my guest today you're welcome and <laughs> i appreciate you bringing me on even though it was my first time and i was very nervous um i appreciate you doing all these podcasts um because you definitely you help me a lot and even like your 30 minute podcast you you do a lot and you um are able to convey a lot of different things that people don't even think about day to day Thank you. I really appreciate that. I definitely enjoy hearing um, from people who are listening. I've got several people in my life that will reach out after listening to an episode and and uh, give me feedback. And I'm always welcoming feedback. And to that degree, if you do have some feedback to leave, um, then you absolutely can do that on Spotify. Underneath each episode, you can leave a comment. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. Let me know what you learned from today's episode and how you plan to implement it in your life. And also, if you have a story that you would like to share, whether I know you personally or not, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Um, I would like to continue this theme throughout this year. And who knows, maybe this will become something that I just continue to do. Um, but I really enjoy talking to people. I enjoy hearing your stories. Um, and so reach out to me. You could do that through my website. Um, I do have a contact page on my website. It's got all my information there. You can text, you can call, you can email. Um, there's even a form on my website to just submit a form right there. And let's just have a conversation. Um, and again, I do still offer, just wanted to, to remind everybody, I do still offer snippets, which are 20-minute free 
um, sessions, basically, for new clients. So if we have not had a session yet, you want to try out coaching, see what you think, see if it's for you, hit me up. Let's do a little 20-minute segment and see what you think. So again, I have enjoyed today's episode. I always absolutely enjoy um, getting to hang out with Jessica, and we have a great time together. And if you could hear some of the bloopers from today, there was um, there was some good laughs, and we just really had fun bringing today's um, story to you. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Let me hear from you. And I'm already working on next month's um, guest and getting that pulled together. So again, if you need anything, you know where to find me. I'll be right here.